0: Lord, Father God, in the heavens and on earth, Jesus, we love you. We just thank you for what you do for us, Lord. We praise you for this day, Lord, which is outstanding. And Father, we look forward to hearing about Jesus in the Word, Lord. And Father, we ask you to anoint anoint your presence here with us. Anoint the Word with your presence. Be in the midst, Jesus, where two or three are gathered wanting to know more about in the knowledge of you, Lord. We want to grow in that knowledge, Father. So open up our eyes to see what the Holy Spirit wants us to know. Give us the ears to hear clearly and the heart to receive, Lord. And we bless you, and we thank you, and we love you, and we honor you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, second okay, Samuel 17:1 to twenty nine. What day is this? May thirty first. Now, Epithophel urged Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men to start out after David tonight. I will catch up with him while he's weary and discouraged. He and his troops will panic and everyone will run away. Then, I will kill only the king and I will bring all the people back to you as a bride returns to her husband. after all it is only one man's life that you seek then you will be at peace with all the people this plan seemed good to absalom and to all the elders of israel but then absalom said bring in hushai the hushai, Li- archite let's see what he thinks about this when the Pitophel had said Absalom told him what epitopel had said. Then he asked, What is your opinion? Should we follow Atipopel? <laughs> Advice? <laughs> if not, what do you suggest? Well, Hushai replied to Absalom. This <laughs> time, Atipopel told has made a mistake. You know your father and his men, they're mighty warriors. Right now they're enraged as a mother bear who has been robbed at her of her cubs. And remember that your father is an experienced man of war. He won't be spending the night among the troops. He is probably already hidden in some pit or cave, and when he comes out and attacks and a few of your men fall, will we panic among your troops and the word will spread that Absalom's men are being slaughtered. Then even the bravest soldiers, though they have the heart of a lion, will be paralyzed with fear. For all Israel knows what a mighty warrior your father is and how courageous his men are. I recommend that you mobilize the entire army of Israel, bringing them from as far away as Dan in the north and Beersheba in the south. That way you will have an army as numerous as the sand on the seashore. And I advise that you personally lead the troops. When we find David, we'll fall on him like dew that falls on the ground. Then neither, the okay. then neither he nor any of his men will be left alive. And if David were to escape into some town, you will have all Israel there at your command. Then we can take ropes and drag the walls of the town into the nearest valley until every stone is torn down. Then Absalom and all his men of Israel said, Hush, Hushai's. Advice is better than Atipopil's. For the Lord has determined to defeat the counsel of Atipopil, which really was the better plan, so that he could bring disaster on Absalom. Wow. Okay. Hushai told Zadok and Abithar, the priests, what Atipopel had said to Absalom and the elders of Israel. And what he himself had advised instead, quick, he told them, Find David and urge them not to stay at the shallows of the Jordan River tonight. He must go across at once into the wilderness beyond, otherwise he will die and his entire entire army with him. Jonathan and Aimas had been staying at Enrogel so as not to be seen entering and leaving the city. Arrangements had been made for a servant girl to bring them the message they were to take to King David But a boy spotted them, them, spotted them at Angorogel And he told Absalom about it So they quickly escaped to Baarim, Where a man hid them down inside a well in his courtyard The man's wife put a cloth over the top of the well and scattered grain on it to dry in the sun So no one sp- suspected they were there when Absalom's men arrived, they asked her, Have you seen Aimas A- 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 and Jonathan? The woman replied, They were here, but they crossed over the brook. Absalom's men looked for them without success and returned to Jerusalem. Then the two men crawled out of the well and hurried on to King David quick. They told him, Cross the Jordan tonight. And they told him how Atitopel had advised that he be captured and killed. So David and all his people went with him across the Jordan during the night and they were all on the other bank before dawn. When Abdikopil realized that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey, went to his hometown, set his affairs in order, and hanged himself. He died there and was buried in the family tomb. David's son arrived at Manaheim. David soon arrived at Mahanaim by now Absalom had mobilized the entire army of Israel and was leading his troops across the Jordan River Absalom had appeared or had appointed Amas as commander of his army replacing Joab who had been commander under David Amasas was Joab's cousin and his father was Jether and Ishmaelite Ishmaelite his mother, Abigail, daughter of Nashash, was the sister of Joab's mother, Zeruiah. Absalom and the Israelite uh, army set up camp in the land of Gilead. When David arrived at Mahamanim, he was warmly greeted by Shobi, son of Nahash, who came from Rabbah of the Ammonites, and by Machir son of Amiel from Lodabar and by Barzillai of Gilead from Rogilim. They brought sleeping mats, cooking pots, serving bowls, wheat and barley, flour and roasted grain, beans, lentils, honey, butter, sheep, goats, and cheese for David, and those who were with them. For they said, You must all be very hungry and tired and thirsty after your long march through the wilderness.
1: Amen. Wow, what an amazing turn of events, huh? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, uh, you know, like a, a Super Bowl game here. Where everybody turns against the uh, the older quarterback, mm. and you know, just like, and then the new guy's gonna win, and everybody gets behind him on that. Yeah, it's amazing how the whole nation can turn against King David. This must have been years and years. They got they got tired of of uh, of Commonwealth. Um, Familiarity uh, breeds contempt. In other words, nothing was happening. Everything was at peaceful. So there's no, they wanted some action, and then the sun raised, raised some adrenaline all through the company. To switch, switch over to him. Oh, uh, and to you know, it's just amazing how he said he had all the Israel from Dan and Bersheba to come uh, to gather together. And the first thing that comes to my mind, he must be pretty wealthy to sustain everybody with uh, food
0: yeah, it's and shelter. Yeah, a big army, 12,000
1: men. You know, feeding them all the time. What are going to kill all the sheep, all the goats, all the cows. Just amazing how, uh, and all after one man. And it, it just reminds me that what David had, what, about 600 guys? I mean, there weren't that many of them. To say about that, Ahitopel. Uh, Hito, Ahito Ahitopel, whatever That's his name is. Ahitopel. <laughs>
0: uh, hi. ah,
1: uh, hi. Uh, never mind, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, what do
0: you got? Well, it's amazing that, uh, you know, they were having a little plan over here. Uh, they kind of knew David he's not going to be spending the night with the troops. He probably has, going to be somewhere hidden. You know, and, um, and when he comes out and attacks, and a few of your men fall, they're gonna—they're gonna panic, right? And it just says up here that for all Israel knows, what a mighty warrior your father and how courageous yeah, like his men that. are. Um, that's just awesome. And then um, over here in the beginning, I kind of picked up that it says um what they were going to do to him I'll catch him when he's weary and discouraged he and his troops will panic and everyone will run away then I will kill only the king and I will bring all the people back to you as a bride returns to her husband kind of like it to me I don't know why I just thought that it's like Jesus is the king and he's dying and all the people are going to go back like the bride of the church. The bride, you know how they say that the, Mm -hmm. the bride of the church. So it's got like a little hidden
1: message there. Sounds like he was bucking for promotions. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, it just seems okay. But it's interesting how these other guys, they already heard what happened. A guy from Ammonites came, you know, greeted Shobi, son of Nahash, and they came and risked their lives too by showing kindness to David. But Mar- Markir of Amuel from Lodbar, uh-huh. and Gilead from Drohim. All these guys were prominent people with, with you know, influence and money. Mm-hmm. And they brought all this, you know, sleeping mass, cooking pots. So that was pretty good too. Uh, you see, these were the older, wiser guys. They knew that God was, you know, they can see the hand of God in King mm-hmm. David. And what happened to the prophecy? Remember, Saul mm-hmm. used to know the prophecy that David was going to run the nations and everything. There was no prophecy that Absalom was going to mm-hmm. run the nation mm-hmm. or be anointed as king. Who anointed yeah. him as king? Mm-hmm.
0: That so was very interesting in the turn of the band um wow yeah let me read the, the study thing because I kind of okay it says um, Atithopel had been King David's wise and trusted advisor um, 2 Samuel 16.23 later his betrayal was instrumental in stirring up a bigger revolt 2 Samuel 15.12 now he was he proposed a strategy that would uh, solidify Absalom's rule. This thought it was interesting he, got, he was he betrayed David, right? And he yeah. hung himself. Kind of like Judas did, right? Mm-hmm. And so when Absalom followed uh, ha- Hashai's... You hey, Judah. Judas. What did I say, Judas? You said Jesus. No. Judas. Jesus. Judas. When Absalom followed Hashai's advice, instead a people pill foresaw the consequences, Okay, David would have time to recover and strategize under those conditions. Atitopel knew David would defeat them. Once that happens, Atitopel knew he would die a traitor's death. So in his calculated way, Atitopel went home, organized his affairs and hanged himself, Second Samuel 1723. The old proverb was true for Atithopel. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Wow. Atithopel made decisions for the sake of power. He allied with whomever he thought would rule. Hmm. So he's power hungry. He was guided by self-interest without thought to sacrificing for a greater good. He saw opportunity with Absalom and took it. But God was with David his anointed king of Israel. Often our own values aren't much different from Apithopel's, but we must search out God's plans and priorities and let them guide our decisions like Apithopel. If we seek our own way, it will lead to death.
1: Amen. Okay, I'm going to read John 19, 23 and 42. Okay. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among the four of them. They also took his robe, but it was seamless woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they say, rather than tearing it apart, let's throw dyes for it. This fulfills the scripture that says, they divided my garments among themselves and threw dyes for my clothing. So that is what they did. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister. Mary, the wife of Cleopas and Mary Magdalene, When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took their mother, took her into his home. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill Scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it and put a of branch and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and released his spirit. It was a day of preparation and the Jewish leaders didn't want to the bodies hanging there the next day, which was the Sabbath, and a very special Sabbath because it was a Passover. So they asked Pilate to hasten their death by ordering that their legs be broken then their bodies could be taken down so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men and crucified with jesus but when they came to jesus they saw that he was already dead so they didn't break his legs one of the soldiers however pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out this report is from an eyewitness given an accurate account he speaks the truth so that you can believe These things happen in fulfillment of the scriptures. They say not one of his bones will be broken and they will look on him. They will look on the one they pierce. Afterwards, Joseph at Amatia, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down the Jesus body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night he brought about seventy-five pounds of perfume ointment made from myrrh and elves following Jewish burial customs they wrapped Jesus body with the spices and long sheets of linen cloth They placed the, the place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb never used before and so because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Amen. Mm. Okay, the interesting thing about it that strikes me is um, his clothing. You know, tradition says that he 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 was whipped and he was bleeding all the way down to the uh, mm-hmm. Via de la Rosa, mm. and right here we see uh, guys. Uh, you know. They divided his clothes among four. Of them. How much clothes could he have on? Why would they want to divide his clothes, unless the word got out that he was deity, he was the son of God, he was the mm-hmm. most famous guy that they were crucifying. Mm. And then the seamless woven robe. You figured it sounds to me like he went fully clothed to be hung, and then he took his clothes off there, or else somebody would have had to carry his clothes for him all the way to the tomb. Unless they, they divided his clothes before they took him over there. You know what I mean? Mm. In other words, when they whipped them, oh, they had to take all his clothes off. Mm. When they scorched them, he was bleeding. Mm. Why would they want a bleeding robe full of blood? Clothes full of blood. You know, so it's... Uh,
0: yeah, they said divided his clothes, plural, Along the four of them.
1: Uh-huh, so it had to be that he was... uh. He was highly sought after and, and thousands of people were probably out there. And then again, when Jesus tells his disciples, "Hey, just one word, he said, dear woman, is your son. And that is the same to us today, that we have fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, children
0: that are born again, that are our family. Okay, what do you got? Um... It was pretty,
1: pretty much. It's interesting how he tasted the um, his vinegar. Vinegar. And then we two drink vinegar today and praise the Lord. And he said it is finished and then he bawled his head and releases spirit. Yeah,
0: and, and we have to that's a good point always that Pastor Prince is teaching us is that, um, he didn't get murdered. He gave up his spirit. When it was done, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Released it. Um, that's a dream. I just kind of I said, One of the soldiers, however, pierced to side with a spear and immediately blood and water flowed out. Blood and water.
1: Amen.
0: And then I like the part here says that this report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you can all, you can believe. There's the is. We believe
1: when we read it and hear mm-hmm. it. It mm-hmm. just, you know, we have the, God has given us the power to believe and believe right. This is believing correctly, yeah. believing in the truth. It, it's like, it's just the book of John. It's like the
0: father gets, Revealed, but I'm telling you all these things so that you will believe in eternal life, so that you will believe in Jesus, so that you believe it just mentions the word believe so much, amen. You
1: believe that you know, and believe, uh,
0: just believe.
1: I, afterwards, Joseph had and now these guys they had to be at least 60 years old. I believe that they were when they came to get Jesus' body because. You know that the originally the other the Pharisees had gone to him and they wanted the legs broken and they wanted the guys out of there. You know, out of the cross. And Joseph and Nicodemus jumped on the thing and they went and they got permission earlier and the other guys already already asked permission to take their bodies down, remember? Mhm. They wanted them they didn't want them to be over there for the Sabbath. Uh, and then 75 pounds is a lot of weight for these guys to be carrying around, and it doesn't seem like they anointed the skin itself. It looks like they put the ointment on the uh, cloth, on the outside of the cloth, and then they wrapped them with that cloth. Mm. You see, it doesn't seem like they put yeah. it right straight uh, on right. the skin or cleaned uh-uh. them up. Uh-uh. Right. So this process must have took a while, you know. Mm. And uh. Anyway, that's all I got to say about that. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting, they said that the tomb was near a garden. Uh Uh-huh, I got that too. Where there was a new tomb, never used, Uh so it was convenient for them to hurry up because the Passover was close at hand.
0: Mm. I kind of just picked up the word, the garden, because, you know, the first Adam was in the garden, and now the death is happening near a garden. Come Garden of Gethsemane, I guess, right?
1: Or... Yeah, came around full circle. Yeah. Where he's going to be, going to start all over again. Paradise, creation. Hallelujah. Yeah. Lord, we thank you. We ask you, Light, for light from your word. We ask God for the light from his word to guide our steps and give us understanding. Amen. Psalm 119, 129 to 152. You, the Lord's laws, are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. Your. Your laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. You, the Lord. uh, The teachings of your words give light so even the simple can understand. I pan with expectation, longing on your commands. Come and show me your mercy as you do for all who love your name. Guide my steps by your word so I will not be overcome by evil. Beautiful. Ransom me from the oppression of evil people that I can obey your commandments. Look upon me with love, teach me your decrees. Rivers of tears gush down my eyes because people disobey your instructions. O Lord, you are righteous and your regulations are fair. Your laws are perfect and completely trustworthy. I am overwhelmed with indignation for my enemies have disregarded your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested. That is why I love them so much. I am insignificant and despised, but I don't forget your commandments. Your justice is eternal, and your instructions are perfectly true. As pressured and stressed bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. Your laws are always right. Help me and understand them so I may live. I pray that with all my heart, answer me, Lord. I will obey your decrees. I cry out to you. Rescue me that I may obey your laws. I arise early before the sun is up. I cry for help and put my hope in your word. words. I, take a, I stay awake through the night thinking about your promise. In your faithful love, O oh Lord, hear my cry. Let me be revived by following your regulations. Lawless people are coming out to attack me. They live far from your instructions. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. I have known my earliest days, for your laws will last forever. Psalm 16, 12-13 The king detests wrongdoing, for his rule is built on The King is pleased with words from righteous lips. He loves those who speak honestly. honestly. Amen. Amen. Let's The word of the Lord has gone out forth this day. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for showing up today. Father God, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Gracias, gracias, gracias. Lord, thank you for helping us grow along with you, with your word, putting your will, let your will be done, Lord. Thy will be done, not ours, Lord. Thou is a better will than ours. It's a conservative will, long-range will. And we thank you, Father God, for being our guide. Here and always, Lord. So we thank you for today. For we're reading Second Samuel, eighteen, verses one through nineteen ten. Eighteen one through nineteen ten. David now mustered the men who were with him and appointed generals and captains to lead them. He sent the troops out in three groups, placing one group under Joab, another. Joab's brother, Abishai, son of Sariah, and one under Utai, the man from Gat. The king told his troops, I am going out with you, but his men objected strongly. You must not go, they urged. If we have to turn and run, and even if half of us die, it will make no difference to Absalom's troops. They will be looking only for you. You are worth 10,000 of us, and it's better that you stay here in the town and send help if we need it. If you think that's the best plan, I'll do it. The king answered, so he stood alongside the gate of the town as all the troops marched out in groups of hundreds and of thousands. And the king gave this command to Joab, Abish and For my sake, <clears throat> deal gently with young Absalom. And all the troops heard the king give this order to his commanders. So the battle began in the forest of Ephraim, and the Israelite troops were beaten back by David's men. There was a great slaughter that day, and 20,000 men laid down their lives. The battle raged all across the countryside, and more men died because of the forest than were killed by the sword. During the battle, Absalom happened to come up upon David's men, He tried to escape in his mule, but as he rode beneath the thick branches of a great tree, his hair got caught in the tree. His mule kept going and left him dangling in the air. One of David's men saw what had happened and told Joab, I saw Absalom dangling from a great tree. Mm -hmm. What? Joab demanded you saw him there and didn't kill him? I would have rewarded you with ten pieces of silver and a hero's belt. I will not kill the king's son for even a thousand pieces of silver, the man replied to Joab. We all heard the king say to you, and Abisha and Eda, for my sake please spare young Absalom. And if I had betrayed the king by killing his son, and the king will certainly find out who did it, you yourself will be the first to abandon me. (laughs) Pretty smart, huh? Enough of this nonsense, Joab said. Then he took three daggers and plunged them into Absalom's heart as he dangled still alive in the great tree. Ten of Joab's young armor-bearers then surrounded Absalom and killed him. Then Joab blew the ram's horn, and his men returned from chasing the army of Israel. They threw Absalom's body into a deep pit in the forest and piled a great heap of stones over it, and all Israel fled to their homes. During his lifetime, Absalom had built a monument to himself in the King's Valley, For he said, I have no son to carry on my name. He named the mountain after himself, and it is known as Absalom's mountain to this day, monument. Then Sadak, son of Ahima, said, Let me run to the king with good news that the Lord has rescued him from his enemies. No, Joash told him. It would be good news to the king that his son is dead. You can be my messenger another time, but not today. Then Joab said to a man from Ethiopia, Go tell the king what you have seen. The man bowed and ran off. But Ahimas continued to plead with Joab, Whatever happens, please let me go too. Why should you go, my son, Joab replied. There will be no reward for your news. Yes, but let me go anyway, he begged. Joe finally said, All right, go ahead. So Ahimas took the less demanding route by way of the plain and ran to Mahanaim ahead of the Ethiopian. While David was sitting between the inner and outer gates of the town, the watchman climbed to the roof of the gateway by the wall. As he looked, he saw a lone man running towards him. He shouted the news down to David, and the king replied, Is he alone? He has news. And the messenger came closer. The watchman saw another man running towards them, and he shouted, Here comes another one, the king replied. He also will have news. The first man runs like Ahimas, son of Zadok, the watchman said. He is a good man and comes with good news, the king replied. Then Ahimas cried out to the king, Everything is all right. He bowed before the king with his face to the ground and said, Praise the Lord your God, who has handed over the rebels who dared to stand against my lord the king. What about young Absalom? The king demanded. Is he all right? Ahimaaz replied, When Joab told me to come, there was a lot of commotion, but I didn't know what was happening. Wait here, the king told him, so Ahimaaz stepped aside. Then the man from Ethiopia arrived and said, I have good news for my lord, the king. Today the lord has rescued you from all those who rebel against you. What about young Absalom, the king demanded. Is he all right? And the Ethiopian replied, May all of your enemies, my lord, the king, bow both now and in the future, shall share the fate of that young man. The king was overcome with emotion. He went up to the room over the gateway and burst into tears. And as he went he cried, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you, O Absalom, my son, my son. Word soon reached Joab that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom. As all the people heard of the king's deep grief for his son, the joy of the day's victory was turned into deep sadness. They crept back into the town that day as though they were ashamed and had deserted in battle. The king covered his face with his hands and kept on crying, O oh, my son, Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joah went to the king's room and said to him, We save your life today and the lives of your sons and daughters and your wives and concubines. You act like this, making us feel ashamed of ourselves. You seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that your commanders and truths mean nothing to you. It seems that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died, you would be pleased. Now go out there and congratulate your troops, for I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a single one of them will remain here tonight, Then you will be worse off than ever before. So the king went out and took his seat to the town gate, and as the news spread throughout the town that he was there, everyone went to him. Meanwhile, the Israelites who had supported Absalom fled to their homes, and throughout all the tribes of Israel, there was so much discussion and argument going on, the people were saying, The king rescued us from our enemies and saved us from the Philistines, but Absalom chased him out of the country. Now Absalom, whom we anointed to rule over us, is dead. Why not ask King David to come back and be our king again? Amen. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> let me read the study. Uh, why was David so upset over the death of his rebel son? First, David realized that he, in, his part, in part, was responsible for Absalom's death. Nathan, the prophet, had said that David's own son would rebel against him because David had killed Uriah. Second, David was angry at Joab and his officers for killing Absalom against his wishes. There are times when our duty requires us to do something that is emotionally difficult for us to do. We can follow David's example by going ahead and doing what is right. We don't need to deny how we feel, but we do need to follow the wise counsel of those who are not as wrapped up as we are in the feeling of the moment. We can find strength to go on through Jesus who suffered everything for our benefit. Amen. Amen. want to read John? John, chapter 20, verse 1 to
0: 31. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved. She said they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb they were both running but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first he stopped and looked he stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there but he didn't go in then Simon Peter arrived and went inside he also noticed the linen wrapping lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus head, was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. The disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in um, He went in and he saw and believed for until then, They still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead, but they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Ravoni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me. Jesus said, For I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to the Father, and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them this message. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again he said peace be with you as the Father has sent me so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit if you forgive someone's if you forgive anyone's sins are forgiven if you do not forgive them they're not forgiven one of the twelve disciples thomas nicknamed the twin was not the others was not with the others when jesus came they told him we have seen the lord But he replied i won't believe it unless i see the nail wounds in his hands and put my fingers into them and place my hand onto into the womb in the side eight days later the disciples were together again and this time thomas was with them the doors were locked but suddenly as before Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hand. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Amen. My Lord. My Lord. And my God Thomas exclaimed then Jesus told them you believe because you have seen me blessed are those who believe without seeing me the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book but there are those are written that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, you will have life by the power of His name. Amen. Amen. Let's read. Um, This is Psalm 119, 153 to 176. Amen. Pray for the fellow believers who are suffering or in need of God's rescue. Look upon my suffering and rescue me, for I have not for I have not forgotten your I have not forgotten your the Lord's instructions. Argue my case, take my side, protect my life as you promised. The wicked are far more far from rescue for they do not bother with your decrees lord how great is your mercy let me be revived by following your regulations many persecute and trouble me yet i have not served from your loss severed but i have not served from your loss Seeing these traitors makes me sick at heart because they care nothing for your word. See how I love your commandments, Lord. Give back my life because of your unfailing love. Unfailing love. The very essence of your words is truth. All of your regulations will stand forever. Forever. Powerful people harass me without cause. But my heart trembles only at your word. I rejoice in your word. Like one who discovers a great treasure. I hate and abhor all falsehood. But I love your instructions. I will praise you seven times a day. Because of your regulations are just. Because all your regulations are just. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble I long for your rescue Lord so I have obeyed your command
1: I have obeyed your
0: I have obeyed your commandments and have and lost because you know everything I do O Lord, listen to my cry. Give me the discerning mind you promised. Listen to my prayer. Rescue me as you promised. Let praise flow from my lips, for you have taught me your decrees. Let my tongue sing about your word, for all your commands are right. Give me a helping hand, for I have chosen to follow your commandment. O oh Lord, I have longed for your rescue, and your instructions are my light. Let me live so I can praise you, and may your regulations <coughs> help me. I have wandered away like a lost sheep. Come and find me, and I have not forgotten your commands. Proverbs chapter 16, 14 to 15 the anger of the king is, is a deadly threat. The wise will try to appease it. When the king see, smiles, there is life. But favor refreshes like a spring
1: rain. Amen. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. <clears throat> March 31st. <clears throat> reading of the Bible, 365 days. Thank you for tracking with me. Uh, it's a beautiful reading, the Word of God. Listen to it 30, 40 minutes a day, and we get our daily input. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Second Samuel 17, May 31st. Now, Ahithophel urged Absalom, Let me choose 12,000 men to start out after David tonight. I will catch up with him while he is in panic, and everyone will run away. Then I will kill only the king, and I will bring all the people back to you as a bride returns to her husband. After all, it is only one man's life that you seek. Then you will be at peace with all the people. This plan seemed good to Absalom and to all the elders of Israel. Then Absalom said, Bring in Hushai." the archite. Let's see what he thinks about this. When Hushai arrived, Absalom told him what Atitopel had said. Then he asked him, what is your opinion? Should we follow Ahitophel's advice? What do you suggest? Well, Hushai replied to Aslam, this time Ahitopel has made a mistake. You know your father and his men, they are mighty warriors. Right now they are engaged as a Mother bear who has been robbed of her cubs. And remember that your father is an experienced man of war. He will be spending the night among the troops. He has probably already hidden in some pit or cave. And when he comes out and attacks and a few of your young men fall, there will be panic among your troops. And the word will spread that Absalom's men are being slaughtered. Then even the bravest soldiers, though they have the heart of a lion, would be paralyzed with fear. For all of Israel knows what a mighty warrior your father is and how courageous his men are. I recommend that you mobilize the entire army of Israel, bringing them from as far away as Dan in the north and Beersheba in the south. That way you will have an army numerous as the sand of the seashore, and I advise that you personally lead the troops. When we find David, we'll fall on him like dew that falls on the ground. Then neither he nor any other of his men will be left alive. And if David were to escape into some town, you will have all of Israel here at your command. Then we can take ropes and drag the walls of the town in the nearest valley until every stone is turned down. Then Absalom and all the men of Israel said, Hushai's advice is better than Ahithophel. For the Lord has determined to defeat the council of Ahitopel, which really was the better plan, so that he could bring disaster on Absalom. Hushai told Sadak and Abiatah the priests, that Ahitopel had said to Absalom and the elders of Israel and what he himself had advised instead. Quick, he told them, find David and urge him not to stay in the shallows of the Jordan River tonight. He must go across at once into the wilderness beyond, otherwise he will die, and his entire army, army with him. Jonathan and Ahihamas had been staying at En Rogel so as not to be seen entering the and leaving the city. Arrangements had been made for a servant girl to bring them the message they were to take to King David. But a boy spotted them at En Rogel, and he told Absalom about it. So they quickly escaped to Bahurim, where a man hid them down inside a well in his courtyard. The man's wife put a cloth over the top of the well and scattered grain on it to dry the sun, to dry in the sun, so no one suspected they were there. When Absalom arrived, they asked her, Have you seen Ahihamas and Jonathan? The woman replied, They were here, but they crossed over the brook. Absalom's men looked for them without success and returned to Jerusalem. Then the two men crawled out of the well and hurried on to King David. Quickly, they told him, cross the Jordan River tonight. And they told him how Ahitopel had advised that he be captured and killed. So David and all the people with him went across the Jordan River during the night, and they were all on the other bank before dawn. When Ahithophel realized that his advice had not been followed, he saddled his donkey, went to his hometown, set his affairs in order, and hung himself. He died there and was buried in the family tomb. David soon arrived at Mahanaim. By now, Absalom had mobilized the entire army of Israel and was leading his troops across the Jordan River. Absalom had appointed Amasa as commander and his army, replacing Joab, who had been commander under David. Amasa was Job's cousin. His father was Jether, Jether, an Ishmaelite. His mother, Abigail, daughter of Nahash, was the sister of Joab's mother, Sariah. Absalom and the Israelite army set up camp in the land of, of Gilead. When David arrived at Mahanaim, he was warmly greeted by Shobi, son of Nahash, who came from Rabbah of the Ammonites, and by Makir, son of Amiel from Lodibar, and by Barzillai of Gilad from Rogelim. They brought sleeping mats, cooking pots, serving bowls, wheat and barley, flour and roasted grain, beans, lentils, honey, butter, sheep, goats, and cheese for David and those who were with him. For they said, you must be very hungry, hungry, and tired, and thirsty after your long march through the wilderness. Amen. Now, Ahithophel had been King David, wise and trusted advisor. Later, his betrayal was instrumental in stirring up a bigger revolt, Samuel 15:12. Now, he proposed a strategy that would solidify Absalom's rule. When Absalom followed Hushai's advice instead, Ahitophel foresaw the consequences. Upon our own values, aren't much different from Ahitophel, but we must search for out God's plans and priorities and let them guide our decision like Ahitophel. If we seek our own way, it will lead to death. You know, like my decision to to stop all activity and read today's bible which really it doesn't take much time at, at all you to settle down and make a decision to read today's portion is a delight i hope my voice holds off and anna anna not here with us today she's actually in the next room listening to a sermon <laughs> she didn't want to break away from that's good huh amen another thing about it strikes me strange is that when the the guys one of the prophets said let's bring people from the northern part from all over the place and come down on David like dew and kill kill them all now just it's not the prophet but it's the people that buggled, uh, kind of a Interesting that they turn on their king so easily. I mean, to turn on your king and go with the king's son may have some merit on it. But as you can see, people, I guess they get contempt. Uh, similarity is, is the breed of contempt, something like that. In other words, like for instance, the sun it gives us so much good things. The water, the air, the ground. And um, we take it for granted. We take our king for granted. Oh, how about a new king? Anyway, I I don't I don't know what to say, but other than boy, they sure turn on him quick. So that's that's why always the marketing people always come out with new things, peep excitement on the people's front, always doing something exciting. Amen. So let's go ahead and move over to John chapter 19, verses 23 to 42. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among the four of them. They also took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said, rather than tearing it apart, let's throw dice for it. This fulfilled the scripture that says, They divided my garments among themselves. They divided my garments among themselves and threw dyes for my clothing. So that, so that is what they did. Standing near the cross where Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus said, saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his, this disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, the disciples took her into his home. Jesus knew that the what his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a the sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus... "'Had tasted it, he said, "'It is finished.' "'Then he bowed his head and released his spirit.' "'It was the day of preparation, and the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there And the next day, "'which was the Sabbath, and a very special Sabbath, because it was the Passover. "'So they asked Pilate to hasten their death by ordering that their legs be broken.' Then their bodies could be taken down, so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. This report is from an eyewitness given an accurate account. He speaks the truth so you also can believe. These things happen in fulfillment of the scriptures that say... Not one of his bones will be broken, and they will look at the one they pierced. Afterwards, Jesus of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus, because he feared the Jewish leaders, asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds of perfume, ointment from the myrrh and aloes. Following Jewish burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body with the pieces of, in long sheets of linen cloth. The place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb. Never used before and so because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover. And since the tomb was closed at hand, they laid Jesus there amen and Jesus amen note today's study on John 19 the Bible says the commentary says Jesus had been flogged and crucified his physical suffering was unimaginable more than that the world's sin was crushing him and God had abandoned him Jesus was spiritually empty But despite all this, Jesus was concerned about his family. He instructed John to care for Mary, Jesus' mother. Jesus' physically and spiritually anguished, was for a purpose, though Jesus' blood and spirit would give birth to a new family, to God's children, to the church. Jesus would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And I might add the water for the baptism. The disciples were no longer slaves nor friends. They were brothers. Jesus had established a new family. Our families are precious gifts from God and we should look after their needs in all circumstances. We should care for those who are our family by blood and for those who are our family by the Spirit. In doing so, we honor the work of Jesus' death. He brought us together people who were separated and alone he brought us into god's family and united us by his spirit since we are living by the spirit let us follow the spirit's leading by caring for our families with the fruit of the spirit galatians 5:25. amen <clears throat> remember um uh, Jesus said, "It is finished to fulfill Scripture. And what a mighty, mighty warrior to die for us. The water signified baptism. The water has memory of Jesus' death, Mingle with the blood of Jesus. That's why when we take communion, we acknowledge the Lord His death and keep it alive. He died. And the other point the Holy Spirit is telling me is they will look at him who was pierced. And they will look on the one they pierced. Amen. They will look at the one that was pierced. Meaning, if we look at the Lord, look at his word, believing comes out of his word. Healing comes out of his word meditating on the looking that he was pierced and water and blood came out of his side. Can you imagine that? A dead body, Jesus' body on the cross. He just gave up the ghost and said, it is finished, and he's, and then they pierced his side and water and blood starts streaming out of his side. Can you see it? dripping down his ribs and he is totally whipped and bloody all the blood has come out of his body very little left the little that he had in a sack of the water came out amen feel it thank you Lord that we look at you the one who was pierced and you were pierced for us Lord Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father, for the bread of life, the light of the world, which is Jesus Christ, the one who changes spirits, changes eternity by looking at him and saying, yes, Lord, I want what you have in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praying the Psalms. Let us pray the Psalms, please. We ask God for life from his word to guide our steps and give us understanding. Heavenly Father, we ask you from your word that we may believe you're guiding us, that we may believe you love us and you have our best interests in mind. Thank you, Father, for the love you have for us. We appreciate it, and we appreciate your word and your guidance to continue to show us who you are and demonstrate your love and your faithfulness through miracles, marvelous dealings, and opening our eyes to current miracles, Lord. We have, it, we have it good as you as our Father. Thank you for being our Daddy. Amen. Psalm 119, verses 129 to 152. <clears throat> You're the Lord's you. Your laws are wonderful. Excuse me. The Lord's laws are wonderful. No wonder I obey them. The teaching of your word gives light, so even the simple can understand. I pant with expectations, longing for your commands. Come and show me your mercy, as you do for all who love your name. Guide my steps by your word, so I will not be overcome by evil. Ransom me from the oppressing of evil people. Then I can obey your commandments. Look upon me with love. Teach me your decrees. Rivers of tears gush from my eyes because people disobey your instruction. O Lord, you are righteous and your regulations are fair. Your perfect laws are perfect and completely trustworthy. I am overwhelmed with indignation for my enemies have disregarded your words. Your promises have been thoroughly tested That is why I love them so much. I am insignificant and despised, but I don't forget your commandments. Your justice is eternal, and your instructions are perfectly true. As pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. Your laws are always right. Help me to understand them so I may live. I pray with all my heart, answer me, Lord. I will obey your decrees. I cry out to you, rescue me that I may obey your laws. Rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help. I do rise and put my hope in your words. I stay awake through the night thinking about your promise. In your faithful love, O Lord, hear my cry. Let me be revised by following your regulations. Lawless people are coming to attack me. They live far from your instructions. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commands are true. I have known from my earliest days that your laws will last forever. Amen. Proverbs 16, 12, and 13 A king detests wrongdoing, for his ruler is built on justice. For his rule is built on justice. The king is pleased with words from righteous lips. He loves those who speak honestly. If I speak the words of God, I'll be all right, wouldn't I? We will be. Amen. And this psalm had just described what I was. I was up at eleven thirty last night and i decided to read god calling by aj russell i read and read it and enjoyed it very much i hope you enjoy it too it's right in this same area you can click onto it amen may the lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you May the Lord lift up his counts and give you peace. May he establish your goings and your doings in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, the Lord knows what you're going through. Stop and surrender. In other words, accept the problem and thank God for the problem that he is God and he is mighty. Put your feet on the grass, have a cup of tea, have the sun in your face, and tune in to the earth's. Rhythm to the urge, um, to the urge, music. Hey, the earth is singing. Listen, listen with your whole heart. I love you. God bless you. Never worry in prayer. When one day you see how unexpectedly your prayers have been answered. Then you will deeply regret that you have prayed so little. Prayer changes things for you. Practice praying until your trust in God has become strong. And then pray on because it has become so much a habit that you need it daily. Keep praying until prayer seems to become communion with God. That is the note on which true times of prayer should should end. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We should not seek material things first, but seek spiritual things first, and material things will come to us as we honestly work for them. Many people seek material things first and think they can then grow into knowledge of spiritual things. You cannot serve God and mammon or money at the same time. The first requisite Of an abundant life are the spiritual things, honesty, purity, unselfishness, and love. Until you have these qualities, quantities of material things are of little real use to you. The first requisite of an abundant life are the spiritual things, honesty, purity, unselfishness, and love. I must constantly live in preparation for something better to come. All of life is a preparation for something better. I must anticipate the morning to come. I must feel at the night of sorrow that understanding joy that tells of confident expectation of better things to come. Sorrow may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Know that that God has something better in store for you as long as you are making yourself ready for it all your existence in this world is a training for a better life to come look by fate into the place beyond space or time where god dwells and whence you came and to which you shall eventually return look unto him and be saved to look beyond material things is within the power of everyone's imagination fate look save you from despair. Fate's look save you from worry and care. Fate's look brings a peace beyond all understanding. Fate's look brings you all the strength you need. Fate's look gives you a new and vital power and a wonderful peace and serenity. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the mire clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. The first part, he brought me up out of a horrible pit, means that by turning to God and putting my problems in his hands, I am able to overcome my sins and temptations. He set me up, my feet upon a rock means that when I trust God in all things, I have true security. He established my goings, means that I honestly try to live the way God wants me to live. I will have God's guidance in my daily living. Without God, no real victory is ever won. All the military victories of great conquerors have passed into history. The world might be better off without military conquerors. The real victories are won in the spiritual realm. He that conquered himself is greater than he who conquers a city. The real victories are victories over sin and temptation, leading to a victorious and abundant life. Therefore, keep a brave and trusting heart. Face all your difficulties in the spirit of conquest. Remember that where God is, there is true victory. Characters developed by the daily disciplines of duties done, be obedient to the heavenly visions and take the straight way. Do not fall into the error of calling Lord Lord in doing not the things that should be done. You need a, a life of prayer and meditation, but you must still do your work in the busy way of life. The busy person is wise to rest and wait patiently for God's guidance if you are obedient. To the heavenly vision, you can be at peace. Constantly claim God's strength. Once you're convinced of the right of a a course of action, once reasonably sure of God's guidance, claim that strength now. You can claim all the strength you need to meet any situation. You can claim a new supply when your own supply is exhausted. You have a right to claim it and you should use your right. A beggar supplicates, a child appropriates. When you supplicate, you are often kept waiting. But when you appropriate God's strength in a good cause, you have it at once. I fail not so much when tragedy happens as I did before the happening. By all the little things I might have done, but did not but did not do, I must prepare for the future by doing the right things at the right time now. If I if a thing should be done, I should deal with that thing today and get it right it with God before I allow myself to undertake any new duty. I should look upon myself as performing God's errands and then coming back to him and tell him. In quiet commune that the message has been delivered and the task is done. I should help others all I can. Every troubled soul that God puts in my path is the one for me to help. As I sincerely try to help, a supply of strength will flow into me from God. My circle of helpfulness will widen more and more. God's hand on the spiritual food to me, and I pass it on to others. God hands it. I must never say that I have only enough strength for any of my need. The more I give away, the more I will keep that which I keep to myself. I will lose in the end. There is no limit to what you can accomplish in helping others. Keep that thought always. Never. Relinquish any work or give up the thought of any accomplishment because it seems beyond your power. God will help you in all good work. Only give it up if you feel that it is not God's will for you. In helping others, think of the tiny seed under the dark, hard ground. There is no uncertainty that when it has forced its way up to the surface, sunlight and warmth will greet it. Often a task seems beyond your power, but there is no limit to what you can accomplish with God's help. Discipline of yourself is absolutely necessary before the power of God is given to you. When you see others manifesting the power of God, you probably have not seen the discipline that went before. They made themselves ready. All your life is a preparation for more good to be accomplished when God knows that you are ready for it. So keep disciplining yourself in the spiritual life every day. Learn so much of the spiritual laws that your life cannot again be a failure. Others will see the outward manifestation of the inward discipline in your daily living. Every strong and beautiful flower must have a strong root in the ground. It must send a root down so that it may be rooted and grounded while at the same time, it sends a shoot up to be the flower that shall gladden the world. Both growths, growths are necessary. Without a strong root, it will soon wither. The higher the growth upward, the deeper must be the rooting. My life cannot flower into success and helpfulness unless it is rooted in a strong faith or unless it feels deeply secure and the goodness and purpose of the universe. I should try to practice the presence of God. I can feel that He is with me and near me, protecting and strengthening me always. In spite of every difficulty, every trial, every failure, the presence of God suffices. Just to believe that He is near me brings strength and peace. I should try to live as though God were beside me. I cannot see Him because I w- was not made with the ability to see him, else there will be no room for faith, but I can feel his spirit within me. I will try to help others. I will not I would try not to let a day pass without reaching out an arm of love to someone.